For what do I have if I don't have you, Jesus? What in this life could mean anymore? You are my rock. You are my glory. Hi, and welcome to The Rock Podcast. In our last study, we met a foolish woman who stalks the streets, preying upon naive souls. She's called Madame Folly. Now here in chapter eight, deliberately set side by side, we meet Lady Wisdom, who is also calling out in the public squares, but her intentions are much more noble. Now let's join Pastor Ross with a message entitled, What Can Wisdom Do For You? All right, let's go ahead and get started. Got a lot to cover, Proverbs chapter eight. Proverbs chapter 8, let's ask the Lord for his blessing. Now, Heavenly Father, we just always like to acknowledge that without Jesus, we can do nothing, spiritual worth. We do ask, Father, for your blessing, for open eyes that can see and ears that can truly hear what your spirit is saying through your God-breathed word to us. Thank you for bringing us out tonight and putting this chapter right where we need it, right in front of us. Lord, speak to us, help us be changed. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you were with us uh, last week, we met a uh, most unpleasant creature, (laughs) uh, a very disagreeable woman uh, there in chapter seven, uh, who we are going to call, um, well, she she was described as like a Jezebel kind of gal, uh, dressed like a prostitute, unruly, defiant, and cunning. Uh, she came out at twilight, as you'll recall. She was up to no good and uh, in hot pursuit of a willing victim. We watched and sadly, sadly watched and kind of helpless as the young man uh, stepped foot into her trap, uh, little knowing that it would cost him his life. And that's a quote from chapter uh, seven. And, and Solomon, as father to sons, was warning and teaching about these kinds of dangers in life for young men and women. And uh, also we hear the heavenly father warning uh, us through vicariously by showing this uh, terrible example and this uh, very sad, sinful woman calling out and ensnaring this young man. Now it's time to meet a different kind of woman. And deliberately placed right after the example in chapter seven, now in chapter eight, side by side. First, you see the seductive, um, sinful woman with her intent calling out to do harm. And right next to her, on purpose, by the Holy Spirit, of course, is uh, Lady Wisdom, as she has been referred to. Just a woman of virtue who is also roving about the same streets, hanging out at the same corners, really. She's everywhere you are, uh, is an opportunity to be wise. And instead of speaking crooked and uh, out to ensnare, uh, she's speaking the truth and what's right, and she wants to bless us. And so uh, with that, you'll know that there are are these two examples contrasting next to each other. Let's take a look at at Lady Wisdom now. Verse 1, 1 through 11. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. 
Beside the gates leading into the city at the entrances, she cries aloud, To you, O men, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, gain understanding. Listen, for I have worthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse, the very words that were describing her last chapter. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are faultless to those who have knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you can desire compares with her. So we're going to park there. Uh, Let me tell you how this chapter, chapter 8, is called the poem of Lady Wisdom. And what the Bible is doing here, what the Holy Spirit is doing, is if foolishness and wisdom were ladies, this is how they would look and this is how they would talk. All right, and so if wisdom had a voice, she might be talking to you saying the following. And so what we have is just the personification of of what the Bible is calling wisdom. Now, both of these ladies want our attention. Uh, They're both uh, equally accessible out there. The foolish uh, woman, the foolish seduction out there is walking the streets, calling out with deception, with intent to harm. And as I've said, now we, we see Lady Wisdom. Now, so chapter 8 and chapter 9 are two poems uh, about Lady Wisdom and speaking to us about her great worth. And so, uh, see, tonight, and we've already started the poem here in chapter 8, it divides quite nicely, and we can hear her saying four separate things. And so we already took a little piece of it. So in the opening here, she's saying, and, and I take that from one of the lines in her, uh, in this paragraph, choose me, choose me. She's going to go on to say in this poem, next she's going to say, love me, love me, not her, not sin, not, not the broad path that leads to destruction and many go that way. Love the narrow way. Love Christ. Love truth. Love, love me. So she's going to say, choose me here. Then next she says, love me, 12 through 21 note takers. And then she's going to say, stand in awe of me. Stand in awe of me. Let, let me show you a little bit of what I could do and uh, why I'm valuable to you. And then finally, by the end of the chapter, she's going to say, find me. Find me, and you're going to find life. Really, all four of them end up with finding life. And um, now, so we've already started here with the choose me and a very quite impassioned plea here. And in keeping with God's heart, you can really hear the Holy Spirit behind all the pleadings in Proverbs. It's not to destroy yourself. Don't do it, my child. Do not sabotage your own effectiveness, productivity, or your soul, or your destiny. And so uh, you hear her really pleading in love, and it's in keeping with God's heart. You know, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 says, God our Savior, 
wants all people to come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. That's his heart. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, says that God's not slow about delaying the second coming. He's patient. He's waiting. Because if it would have happened today, there are many people you know and love that wouldn't be there. They wouldn't be caught up with us. They'd be left behind. And so he is not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance and have life. So you can hear Lady Wisdom, who is really Christ, who is in, who, who uh, Jesus is in Jesus, we find all the treasuries of knowledge and wisdom, uh, the Bible says. And so you just hear this passionate plea, don't destroy yourself, please. You know, what is it about human beings? We just, we have a genetic disorder it's called sin, and it was passed on by Mama Eve and Papa Adam. Uh, and, and we just have a, a, a gene that just says, you know what, I'm going to do the wrong thing, even though I know it's going to cause me pain. That is crazy, and there's no other explanation for, for a rational human being to choose to do the harmful thing to oneself other than the explanation given in the Bible that the heart is broken and deceitful and the fall of man. It just all makes sense. So she's going to say, choose me. Now, notice, first of all, the character difference between the two gals. Okay, this one, she's, she's open. She's in the public squares. The other one lurks in darkness, and that's how temptation and the call to sin always is, about darkness, and, and you can't really see what's going on until it's too late. Wisdom, Lady Wisdom, man, she's, look at, she's on on the heights at the intersections, downtown gates and entrances where people congregate marketplaces, uh, where uh, at the gates where they congregate to do their uh, governance, right? There's, (laughs) this is the thing about righteousness. It's open. There are no secrets. You don't have to worry about being found out or caught or humiliated or fired or cited, or, or, or going to jail or, or, or whatever. That's the thing about righteousness. It's just open. You can leave your cell phone unlocked and your wife can go through to our heart's desire because there's nothing because you live in wisdom. It's open. It's in the public. You just have such a confidence and a boldness in life because you know you're not living duplicitously. A double life, and that's a way too complicated word just to say uh, two <laughs> kinds of lives there, two-faced with the Lord. So no shame, no guilt, no deceit, no darkness. Uh, it's doing what's right. We are called in First Thessalonians chapter 5, sons of the day, as opposed to children of the night. He says the night belongs to them, not to us, so choose Wisdom, she's calling in the open uh, where everybody is. She was on, this is what gets me. She's on the same street as the prostitute. She's right there saying, are you kidding me? Turn around. What are you, you're going near her house. She's always there. Wisdom is always there. And whenever we fall prey to any kind of sin, it's not because we didn't get enough education or our parents did this or the other thing. Wisdom is just saying, I've, I'm everywhere you are and I'm as accessible as a shout out or a twinkling of an eye. 
There's no excuse. She's just everywhere. She's everywhere. She's in your face. She's in your ears. She's just right there going, Why? come on, man. Do not mess up your life. And so that's what I, I, I just hear that, you know. I like Psalm 19. It says there's no speech or language where creation's voice that's declaring God's glory is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. God's eternal Power and his divine nature are clearly seen and evidenced by the things that he has made. And, and that witness is fluent in every language and it speaks to everyone's souls. And so wisdom is like that. Wisdom is saying, I'm here for you. I'm on the same street as your trouble, you know? And so she's calling out, raising her voice, shouting, crying aloud. Look at all of those uh, verses there in your text. Now, her, well, let's look at her target audience. First, she says, I'm, calling, I'm talking to you, sons of Adam, in the Hebrew. Sons of Adam, implying also daughters of Eve. You, you who descend from the transgressors. I'm talking to you whose parents uh, opted for going with the devil and, 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 and causing death to spread through one man's disobedience. Death came and spread to all men. Uh, Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. I'm talking to you, fallen creatures. I'm talking to you, she goes on to say, the simple, the pathi in the Hebrew. Interesting word for the simple. She says, I'm talking to you, oh, simple ones. Uh, it means to be open-minded. That means, in other words, it means uncommitted. You have no convictions. You're just open. So today, sin, this is called relativism. You know, what, what is uh, right for me some days and in some situations, maybe I can, maybe I don't, but I call the shots, right? Because you're open. There's no fence posts. There's no guardrails. There's no moral convictions. You don't start out dating saying, here are the boundaries. This is what we're going to do and not do, right? You just, you're just open. And whichever way your hormones or, or your feelings or the world or Facebook or social media blows, you blow with it because you're a pethi. You're simple. That's mature Christians have, have fence posts and guardrails and we know what the gospel is and what the gospel isn't. So she's saying, I'm talking to you simple ones. And then she goes, and I'm talking to you fools too. And she uses the word, I'm sorry, don't email me, email her. Uh, she's saying, I'm talking to you fool. And she's saying, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the word is casile. And it means stupid by choice. It's not about being born with a low IQ. The Bible's fool to whom she is speaking has chosen to be stupid. Stupid in life. Stupid enough to end up on the other side of the great white throne judgment uh, with God saying, thy will be done. When there was a cross, where there was a savior, where there was a Holy Spirit trying to get you your whole life not to perish. That's dumb. Why will you go to hell when you don't have to? Well, someone I know heard that voice once, heard that very thing, and, and went from stupid to saved. Amen? Amen? 
So she says, uh, good news here, even, even to the rejectors of wisdom, still she's holding out her, until your last breath, you're, you'll be in the convalescent home, or you'll be in a hospital, or right, whatever. If you're fortunate enough to get a little warning before you die and not step out in traffic or something like that. But it, it's kind of nice, I think, when somebody has a, a terminal disease as opposed to a lightning strike because you get to think and pray and say goodbye and these kinds of things. And so right up to your last breath, wisdom will be in your face saying, okay, what do you want to do? How are you going to think? What are you going to say? What about your legacy? Right up to the end, she says, I hold out my hands of opportunity right up to the end. So verses 6 through 11 are going to just give you lots of motivation uh, why simple ones should listen to her. She says, I deserve an audience. I love her. She just, I just like, she says, I deserved your undivided attention. I have worthy things to say in the text. The word worthy there means noble, regal, or princely. So she's saying, where are you going to find that? So when you do things wise, when you do things God's ways, you're, you're doing the royal way of life. You're doing it the king's way. So listen to wisdom, listen to Christ, listen to God's word, because it's, it's from the royal palace in heaven. That's how they operate there. So she goes on to say, it's priceless. Uh, here's a, one person put it together this way, one writer. Let me guide you, she's saying, and every action, every response will be noble. You, you'll make noble decisions. You'll have noble attitudes. You'll make noble comments. Your thoughts will be noble. Uh, and, and, and everything you say and do will be needful and right, and and most importantly, it will be you. If you have wisdom in your life and you choose wisdom, Jesus applauds you. Heaven affirms you. The angels are clapping and saying, "Way to go!" That's the spirit of this. Choose the royal way. You are heirs of Christ, and that is where you're going. You're citizens of the royal city. Choose wisdom, and you'll, you'll make those kinds of uh, decisions. And then uh, she goes on to say, uh, oh, oh, here's why you should listen to me, because everything I tell you is 100% accurate and right. 100% counsel, guaranteed, it is always perfect and right and accurate. She'll never steer you wrong. That's amazing. I mean, you can go to a counselor and get some bum advice. I mean, you could ask me something. I, it could be, you know, you could ask me in the lobby with the countdown going on, and you're going to get some strange answer probably because I've got stuff on my mind. But she says, you talk to me 100% of the time. No matter how difficult the task or the problem or complicated, you will get 100% pure rightness. That's what she says. Where are you going to find that? I have told you this before. A guy who struggled with pornography, went to a counselor, had such anxiety, he was losing his uh, marriage. His life was a mess, his mind. He just was crying, my mind. I've ruined my mind. I can't function anymore. And he goes to a counselor. And the counselor says, listening to him, do what I just said. Pouring out his heart. I've got anxiety, this and that. And he goes, okay, let's talk about this pornography issue. So pornography is bad, right? Okay, so why is pornography bad? And to his amazement, the counselor 
was trying to get him to be okay with what he was doing. It was a secular, of course, counselor. That's why I recommend you, you go and visit or you find out that they're Christian or God-fearing. But uh, she says, oh, nothing crooked or perverse out of my mouth. That's what she says in your text. A hundred percent, my words are right. The word there in Hebrew means straight. Just straight and narrow. That leads to life. And you'll find yourself, you know, when you start on a path, you end up where that path is going. I know that was very profound. But, <laughs> but think about that. When you make the choice, what, is it, what did the Bible say just last chapter? When you follow the seductress, where do her steps lead? Down to the grave. You followed her. You didn't think you were going there, but you made a wrong choice turn it stupid, and, and you're going to end up, sorry, you're going to end up in a bad place in a hurt locker. And, and, and sometimes they have eternal consequences. And so uh, let me move a little bit faster. Call to compare now with wisdom with silver, gold, and rubies. She goes, are you kidding me? Silver, gold, and rubies next to a clean conscience. When you have me, wisdom, a clean conscience, a right relationship with God, forgiveness of sins, eternal life, co-heirs with Christ. You will reign and rule forever with God. You want to talk about, you know, you, you want to trade in for some silver or gold or rubies. Nothing you can desire can compare with that. And Jesus says, love this. He says, what would it matter if you gain the whole world? What good would it be if you forfeit your soul and you stand before the great white thrones, the throne you don't want to be in front of? We stand before something called the judgment seat of Christ. It is not great white. If you see something great and white on that day, you're going to be really seriously uh, upset, right? You don't want to see great white throne. You want to see judgment seat of Christ with the Savior that's smiling. Amen. Jesus said, what would it matter if you gained the whole world and you did everything you wanted to do and you followed all the celebs and everybody was taking your picture and all of that and you went to hell? Then he adds and he says, he says, in keeping with the same thought, he says, what would a man give in exchange for his soul? In other words, what would you trade to get out of hell? That's what is really the question. What would you trade to get out of hell? In other words, yeah, you would, if you're in hell, you would say, uh, no matter what the price, of course, I would pay it. That's what he's trying to say. Wisdom is way more important than stuff that you can mine and dig in the dirt for, like silver, gold, and rubies. They all come from dirt. That's crazy that we kill each other for stuff that's in the dirt. They're rocks and minerals. And we worship and live our whole lives for them, for the dirt. And then at the end, we're going to realize, oh my gosh, it was rocks. <laughs> they were. That's the only place we'll figure it out, because right now we're just enamored with them, right? And God says, well, I paved the streets with that stuff. So, I mean, there's a difference of value opinions going on here. God says, uh, I just paved the, make the pavement, that stuff that you are so excited about. Okay, 12 through 21, let's move on. So she says, okay, uh, she says, choose me, all right? Now she says, 
I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have understanding and power. By me, kings reign and rulers make laws that are just. By me, princes govern and all nobles who rule on earth. I love those who love me. And those who seek me find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. He just downplayed material riches, so we know he's talking about a little bit something more profound and spiritual there. Uh, Verse 19, my fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. Uh, There it is again. I walk in the way of doing right things before God along the paths of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me and making their treasuries full. All right, so she said, choose me, all right? You get choices in life. Make sure you choose me. And then, then she says, love me. And I take that from a couple of the lines here. She says, love me. Now, the motivations to be wise and to take the narrow path and to choose Christ and to keep his commands are going to keep on coming until the Holy Spirit thinks that the boy's got it. You know, And that's why we go on and on and on, because it takes a little bit to get through through our thick heads sometimes and hearts. Amen? You still with me? All right. Um, so it's important uh, to choose Lady Wisdom, but it's also more important to love her. Because everybody can say, okay, I'm choosing the right thing and obligate yourself. But unless you love doing, listen to me, you must love, fall in love and be enamored with the right thing. Doing the right thing's got to just kind of light up that Christmas tree inside of you. You've got to float your boat, that, that being, being disciplined, uh, having integrity, uh, all the virtues in the Bible, you've got to be in love with that. She says, love me. Don't just choose me and just add a duty. I want you to adore me. The, the way that you act when you love somebody or something uh, is what you're going to need to keep choosing, right? So yes, choose me, but if you love me, you'll keep choosing even when it hurts and it's inconvenient, And it will be always to choose wisdom. And why don't most people choose the wise way is because it's sometimes more difficult and it's inconvenient and it rubs our sinful nature the wrong way. So she says, but the Holy Spirit can do a work of grace in you that you can love wisdom and love truth. You just fall in love with it and you just can't get enough of it and you always want to be close to it, you know, bring it flowers, whatever. I don't know how that would work, but love me. Love me, uh, wisdom is saying. Uh, so here she says, here's, here's who I am a little bit and I'm associated and fel- I fellowship with other virtues because when you've got me, you've got all my bridesmaids and attendants. And so if we're going to play around with this metaphor, let's call uh, prudence, knowledge, and discretion in your text there, uh, verse 12, her bridesmaids, her best friends, all right? Because when you have her, they're, they're kind of a package deal. Prudence, love that word. She says, if you get me, you're going to get prudence. And prudence means witty or shrewd. And it usually means something negative or evil. 
But here it means to be witty in a holy way. In other words, no one pulls the wool over your eyes. You see through everything. You know the smart way to get what you need in, in God's economy, in a relationship. You just are wise as serpent. Same word, Jesus. You need to be, he says, I'm sending you out in a world where there are ferocious wolves dressed like sheep. All right? They're all disguised. So I need you to be wise as serpents. That's shrewd. I need you to be not naive and gullible, dumb Christians. I need you to be like savvy and and worldly in a holy way that you understand how the world works. You're not worldly and you hate that kind of sin. That's why he adds harmless as doves. He says shrewd. So he says, listen, no one's going to trick you you're going to see through everything. You're going to just, ah, I love that word. Knowledge just means the light bulb's going on all the time. So she's, she's saying, if you, it means understanding. It means aha moments. You'll always be going, ah, aha. If you get me, right? If you love me, you'll get knowledge thrown in. And dis- discretion, oh, I love discretion. Discretion is you always are able to, to, to devise a plan. No matter what's going on in your life, you just see the path. You know, okay, A, B, and C needs to happen. That's discretion. And so uh, she says, fear the Lord's thrown in there too. Fear the Lord, that reverence of God uh, is going to help you because it's going to make you hate evil, you see. And so uh, hate evil in you, hate evil in the world, hate evil in the church, hate evil wherever it is mostly in us. So to revere God is to hate evil. So she's saying, you know, if you, if you say yes to me and love me, you've got to say no to my rival, Madame, Madame Folly. You need to say no to her because you vowed to me. If you love me, you have to stay away from, and she makes a little uh, list there, pride, arrogance, uh, these are things that uh, crooked speech, evil, wrongdoing is what evil means there in twisted words. You've got to stay away from that. You know, in Second Peter, it says, describe Lot living in Sodom. He said, it, it says in Second Peter, his righteous soul was vexed. And that word vexed means angered and grieved. But I love it. In the Greek, it's kataponeo, and it means to be worn down or worn out in your soul. I am vexed living in this world. Just the recent events. There aren't any words. The presidential candidates and that whole race. Somebody's asked me to make a comment about it. I will right now. Come, Lord Jesus, come. (laughs) Amen. All right, that's the best thing I could say right there. And it looks like that prayer is going to be answered rather quickly. And don't, don't despise that prophecy. He's being patient, but we're right up to the edge. If you, spiritually speaking, you could kind of look over and see Armageddon right there unfolding before your eyes. Okay, so... By the way, she says, verse 16, you're in pretty good company if you get me because um, this is what 
good kings use me, wisdom, to, to reign. Presidents, CEOs, kings, princes, CEOs of gigantic, wonderful, good corporations that do good, they, they, they're in that position because they've been wise, most likely, usually. Well, ideally, as the scriptures are saying. <laughs> we live at the end of the world, so it's hard to find any examples of anything good, you know, because it's an upside-down world. Good is bad, bad is good, right is wrong, wrong is right. Uh, yeah, come, Lord Jesus, come. All right. Your uh, verse 18 to the end there, uh, she says, you're pre in pretty good company if you have wisdom, and you're in pretty good shape, too. Now, the riches honor enduring wealth and prosperity. Now, the Holy Spirit is going to downplay all of that, materially speaking. He, he's going to say in a lot of places, don't wear yourself out to get rich. Have, have, some, uh, have some modesty when it comes to that. Just have some contentment. Uh, cast but a glance at riches. They fly off. They sprout wings, you know. And so, uh, so we know what he's talking about. He's saying he's talking about spiritual riches. Now, Solomon was materially well off, and generally speaking, if you live according to God's plan, generally speaking, you will do better, and you will be blessed financially. Jesus says, give, and it'll be given to you. So generally speaking, it is true materially that you'll be blessed, but this is not the, the emphasis of this passage. This passage is more getting back to the riches that he's lavished upon us in Christ. Come on, Ephesians 1. Before the foundation of the world, he predestined us in love. Wow, I mean, riches and mercy. Honor, you know John 12, verse 26, where it says, whoever serves me, the Father will honor. He's going to honor us in heaven. Honor us. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to you all of heaven. He's going to honor us. Come on. That, that's, that's wealth. That's wealth. And enduring wealth, you want to know enduring wealth? Let me read it to you. Paul the Apostle, Holy Spirit, Romans 8. Now if we're children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That means everything the Son of God, who is God himself, stands to inherit. We are co-heirs with him. You want to talk about, I mean, mind-blowing, enduring wealth. Yeah, prosperity, come on, reigning and ruling with uh, the king of kings uh, forever, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. I mean, yeah. So what, what about here and now? Yeah, if you're worried that God's not going to come through for you, come on, guess again. He says, I'm going to take care of you. Seek me first. All that stuff will be taken care of. It'll fall into place. Uh, he's not going to let you down. And he will bless you for following in his ways. Uh, but there's vast wealth to be had by uh, having a life of wisdom and uh, living for him. Okay, we're almost done. 22 to 31. She goes on. The Lord brought me wisdom forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I, wisdom, was around here from eternity, from the beginning, before the world began. When there were no oceans, I was given birth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world, 
I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so that the waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth, I was there. Then I was the craftsman at his side. Think about that. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. So she says, choose me. You'd be nuts not to choose me. Love me and I will love you back and give you all kinds of good stuff. And now she says, stand in awe of me. She wants you not just to say, well, I got to choose her because I'm a Christian and that's the right thing to do. And I got to love her because, you know, Pastor Ross preached about it and, you know, it's important and I, I agree. She says, I want you to realize what I can do, who I am, what I'm about, so that you will be breathtakingly amazed and in awe and want to choose me, and want to love me, and want to find me because of how awesome I am. So she lays out a resume, and she says, you want to know what I can do? When God wanted to ask somebody how to do something, how to make the world, he talked to me. I'm his right-hand gal. I'm the right-hand architect for the universe. He didn't lift a finger without my help. And if I can do that, all the things I just listed, I wonder what I could do in your life. And so I've just thought of all these things. She said, you know, when God was doing this and before that, and he needed some wisdom and how he created this and that, I just thought, started seeing pictures in my head. I'm a picture kind of guy. So I downloaded some wallpaper with some of the pictures on it. So let's go through. This is her resume. She said, just so you know, I had a hand. I was a master. I was number one right there, helping God do this. She says, before the earth was, you know, it had to be tilted a certain way. It had to be hung properly in space. You know, it had to go a certain speed. It had to have so much nitrogen, so much oxygen. And it had to, it had to have seasons. It had to have, and, and I was helping him. When the calculations were going on in his head, it was me. I was there going, okay, that calculation, that, yeah, this will work here. Do the earth here, tilt it this much. You know, what is it? I don't know, 23 and a half degrees, whatever. You know, 24, 25, 26, whatever, you know. Before this planet, he, she says, oh, look, you know, here's my portfolio. This is what I can do. Next. Before the oceans, what happened there? supposed to be clear. I don't know. Was, wisdom is still working, apparently. <laughs> Before the oceans, when the Lord was saying, how far should the waves go? Where should it stop? Boundary lines? How deep? And what would live inside the oceans? You go ahead. I, how to design? I, he needed me. How does the fish breathe underwater? He needs special lungs. They're called gills. And, 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 and I helped him. How, how are fish going to get around? And how are they going to eat? How are they going to live? And how are the plants down there going to make it? 
right? And all the things she said, I, I was there. I was there doing that. This is just one of the pages on my portfolio. Thank you. And before, you, you know, when we needed water, we needed springs. We just need water for life. And so there I was just saying, okay, here we can put underground reservoirs. We could have water that in the desert that's just under the earth so that farmers can dig down deep and find it, all kinds of things and wisdom. She says, before the hills were even there, the hills, she was involved. It just, just say, let's just make this beautiful place. And then she says, before the, uh, the mountains were established, as they were established, this is what you need. This is how you make a mountain. This is all about the water that's going to replenish the earth, melting. And there's a science behind it. It wasn't just a big explosion of chaos. A big thing happened. You know, God, wisdom was saying, now, okay, here's the measuring. Here's the little, you know, what's that thing called? The surveyor, you know, is there? Help a guy out. <laughs> you can't read my mind? You know when you see those guys on the street with the, like, a, they're called surveyors, right? What's that machine called? You guys need more wisdom. <laughs> Moving along. She says, the fields, the fields for the proper exchange of gases in the atmosphere. And I don't mind throwing in some fragrance. And I don't mind throwing in some beauty for your eyeballs. And by the way, I created your eyeballs so that they could see the beautiful color in the plants. That smelled good too. And by the way, we're going to need to get the bees in there to pollinate all of that so that we can spread. And to get the seeds to go places, we'll just put little parachutes on them, okay, so that they can blow in the wind because we can't have all the seeds just drop to the ground. We'll need to disseminate them. So why don't we, wisdom, why don't we just put like little parachutes on the seeds and we'll bring the wind and then they'll, okay, yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> All right, and then they're gonna, those humans are going to need something to eat, right? So let's just from the ground make bread, just from the ground, from the earth. We're just going to make a product that you can make all kinds of yummy, beautiful, wonderful bread. And if I could just live on warm bread and butter, I'd be a happy man right there. Well, how are we going to water all of this stuff? So I, and by the way, I'm just using what she said. She, I'm just quoting her. Fields, mountains, water streams, right? And then she says, the clouds. He needed a way. We've talked about this before. He needed a way to water the planet. There's science in the clouds. There's wisdom. He couldn't bring sprinklers out there. He had to bring down. And then water's just going to come down from heaven and water them. And everybody's just like, oh, it's raining. Ah, oh, it's just raining. Water's coming from where? Just the, the, the clouds. Where did that come from? Oh, just clouds, the wisdom. She says clouds. This is what you, you're turning her portfolio. She's going, clouds? I do that. You know, next one. He made, the, with me and my help, he made the heavenlies, the heavens. That looks complicated. <laughs> do you know what's going to into that with orbits and all kinds of things? Right? One more. The universe. And then she makes the statement, I was the master craftsman 
of the whole project. In playing, what if you and I hooked up together? Do you have a project? You have a project that maybe was void or in darkness or a mess or chaos as the world was first described before the spirit and the wisdom came to put it all together. Do you got a project for me? Because I'm pretty good with projects. You got a complicated person in your life. You gonna talk to me? Are you gonna seek God's word? James chapter one says it so beautifully. It says, do you lack wisdom? Ask God, he will give you wisdom. Here's the sentence everybody forgets without finding fault. What does that mean? It means he will not qualify you in order to give you the wisdom. Like, okay, you know, how you been living? What you doing? You know, have you, are you living right? You can just ask him even when you're in a pickle and when you don't deserve it, which is most of the time for all of us, right? He says, without finding fault, I'll just give it to you. Just ask. Can you imagine if wisdom and you... You choose it all the time. You love it all the time. You find it. You're always erring on the side of wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. She's saying, you will not be sorry because you and I, we're going places. We can do stuff for God. We can do, we can fix your marriage. I can fix anything. God's wisdom. That's the point of that whole thing is look at my power. Look at what I can do. Look at the beauty Look, just give me a chance. Give me a chance. And then she's going to go for the jugular, ending the whole thing right here. A closing invitation, the official one, and we're done with the chapter. Now then, my sons, listen to me. She's still speaking. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not ignore it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. You know, you know where to find me. The word of God, church, teaching, preaching. You know where to find me. Godly counsel, godly people. Go there. Wait, watch. It'll happen. For whoever finds me finds life, receives favor from the Lord. But whoever fails to find me harms himself. All who hate me love death. So she says, yeah. She says, stand in awe of me. And now she finishes with a final plea. Find me. No matter what you do in this life, could you just find me? Make sure that we connect. Get a hold of me. And, and, and then the crazy thing, listen to me. And she's talking to sons, you know, and she knows. She says, don't ignore me. You ignore me at your own peril, at your own loss. You will forfeit the grace that could be yours. That's a line from Jonah's prayer, by the way. Don't do that. So here's the quick bottom line, and then we're done. She says, with some waiting, watching, and waiting, and at my door. So I already mentioned, you know where to find wisdom. We always do. We know where to find trouble, (laughs) and we know where to find uh, wisdom. The bottom line, she says, uh, to find me, you'll find life and favor from God. But whoever fails to find me, and in the Hebrew, it means to miss, to, to like shoot an arrow and miss. If you just miss or let me slip through your fingers, 
right? She says, then you harm yourself and you have a strange attraction to death. You have a death wish. To ignore me, to do life your own way, to shun the Bible, to, to, to reject Christ, and uh, I mean to also not obey him and to not walk right with him, even if you know him and are saved, is really a death wish. It's that broken, sabotage self-mode that we get into that I talked about at the beginning of the message. Uh, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1, just kind of underscores this terrible thing about us. And um, the wise person builds up their house, but the foolish person with their own hands tears theirs down. Almost every time you encounter something disastrous in somebody's life, almost many times, it's because of bad decisions. And oftentimes it is the case in marriages and all kinds of problems, uh, finances. It's your own doing. It was you didn't want to be wise, so you were foolish. And now, look, but there's something sick about the broken, sinful nature that, that wants to self-sabotage. Listen, God's Holy Spirit is life-giving. He's the guy who's pulling up. He's saying upward, 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 and uh, redemption, 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 life, life, life. So if you find yourself uh, kind of sabotaging yourself and your relationships, it just it happens a lot. You need more Holy Spirit. You need more Word of God. You need more intimacy with Jesus because he will heal that. And you'll have more of an inclination to want to live and to enjoy life and to sacrifice so that in the long run, you will be blessed and have that life more abundant that Jesus talks about. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so just blown away by how your spirit speaks to our dullness and our simple-heartedness and just how patient and kind and loving you are. Thank you for wisdom and just the, the poetic, beautiful personification that makes it easier and more interesting and more um, engaging to think of wisdom as a woman who's calling and saying, come to me. But Father, we know it's about Jesus, so help us uh, to look to you, Lord, and your word, uh, so that we could be blessed and find favor from God in life. In Christ's name, amen. Let's stand. Closing song. You have been listening to The Rock Podcast. Our regular services are held on Wednesday nights at 6.30 and Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. in Santa Rosa, California. If you would like to learn more, please visit our website at calvarytherock.org.